You're listening to the Online DJ Podcast, where today we're talking to Kel Sweeney from the Video Geeks. So ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of the Online DJ Podcast. Now, we're very lucky today to be joined by Kel Sweeney from the Video Geeks, who's going to be talking to us all about how he gets his unique shows, what equipment he uses, where all his inspiration for the type of clips he uses comes from, where to get training from, and all sorts of tips and advice behind his shows. But the main reason we wanted to get him on is because we've been wanting to do a show on video for a while and Video Geeks is one of the shows we personally love. We've seen it at the last couple of BPM shows and they've been really unique, really fun, really lovable as well as Video Geeks have worked with massive names such as Tiny Temper, Florence and the Machine, Dizzy Rascal and many, many other big names. So we'll start out by firstly asking Kel where did the video geeks come from? Who are they? What's the idea behind the name? And what's the background behind the whole idea of video geeks? Well, the video geeks are Kel Sweeney and Ben Adams, or Ben Jamin is, is the DJ name. We got together, we were working over a club in Essex, Liquid Basildon Hall, blimey, 2008 time. And I was doing the video stuff there. Ben and I got together and chatted about it. And we formed the Video Geeks, which has kind of came into my, my head kind of out of nowhere, really. I just thought, well, we're quite geeky and we love video. So that's where the Video Geeks came from. Quite a logical way to come up with a name, then, really. Uh, in terms of hardware and software, what sort of equipment do you guys use then? Well, um, I'm kind of old-fashioned traditionalist, so Technics 1210s um, I like to use because they're far more visual-looking than CDJs. I mean, we can use CDJs, but I just prefer Technics. Mixer-wise, I use the DJM S9 because it's got all the Serato controls on it, as well as it's a pretty spot-on mixer with its effects and, and the size of it as well. It's nice and easy to carry around. Software-wise, it's um, Serato with Mix Emergency, we also use an Instagram plugin called Flyboost as well every now and again. Now, in many of the uh, performances you guys put on, we see you guys using things like TV shows, movies, adverts, all sorts of clips from many different areas of media. Uh, what inspires these clips and uh, what gives you guys these ideas to use these type of clips? Yeah, we use all sorts of, of crazy things from, from TVs and, and viral videos and, and everything like that. What inspires us? Well, just I just we watch far too much TV and film, really. You know, I go to cinema at least once a week. I'm watching stuff all the time. Massive film buff. I watched far too much TV as a kid. I watched far too many adverts as a kid. And I can recite huge chunks of films and TV as a result. So it just kind of applied itself quite nicely to being able to translate that into a kind of audiovisual show. I can kind of think of a scene in a film where they talk about a certain thing and it sort of matches what we do. But it, it, it primarily comes with just watching lots and lots of stuff. So sort of leading on from my last question, what are the types of media you guys actually have available to you in terms of like live cameras, etc. And how do they actually benefit you guys when you're performing? 
different types of media available in, in, in the shows? Well, primarily is obviously video. So once you open up the, the video side of it, we can incorporate anything that, that, that really uses video. So live video cameras we use on, on the mixers, on, on the on the crowd. I mean, the mix is great because it then you can see it's been done live. It's not been some pre-recorded show with the sync buttons. And then the crowd, I mean, everyone likes being on TV, so that works quite well as well. We flash up the crowd and all sorts of things. It just engages the audience, really. It just makes the show much more dynamic and interactive. Also, though, that we've got the Instagram and the Twitter feed as well, that when people are kind of getting their messages up on the screen and their photos up and all sorts of things like that, it, it's great. And the expletive filter blocks out anything which is uh, vaguely obscene as well, which is fantastic. Now, in terms of actually building the shows you guys go out and perform, is there any set way you guys go about doing it? Do you start at a certain point, or how do you guys go about starting out that process? There's no rhyme or reason to it, really. Sometimes I sit there watching stuff, and sometimes I get the introduction started and then kind of work forwards from there. Sometimes I start in the middle and work backwards, and sometimes I work at the start at the end and work backwards. It there is no set kind of methodology to how the shows come together. Uh, I might see something in a in a film or TV clip and I sort of think, right, that'd be great, that'll work well with that. And then it's just a slowly a jigsaw piece. We can also work in some of the older stuff we've done as well. A lot of the, the, the viral stuff we do, it's got a very limited lifespan. Sometimes it's maybe a week or two weeks and that's it. But with the, with the wonder of Facebook, things seem to get shared again after a few months, which is which is quite handy for us because it uh, allows us to then regurgitate old stuff from uh, ooh, sometimes a couple of years ago, which is quite handy. So basically the show works out into loads and loads of series of jigsaw pieces and we, we just put them together by tempo by key by by theme it depends on the kind of show that we're doing really um it, we have all these jigsaw pieces that that we can jiggle around and move around as, as the case may be so it's the same jigsaw pieces but creating a different picture every time which is um quite handy really for all sorts of different situations and shows that we do now Cal, on a personal level uh, what do you feel video adds uh that maybe normal standard djing is now lacking well, once you start working with video, it really makes you stand out. A few years ago, it used to be about the vinyl, and you used to track down the vinyl, and I was very lucky I used to work in a record shop, so one copy of something would come in, and you'd get that copy, and then that was it. You stood out from all the other DJs then, and that, that magic has gone now because everyone has the same. Wherever you go in the world, everyone has the same music, and that's really where the, the rise of the DJ producer came from because they're making their own stuff, and it's kind of destroyed the, the the original concept of being a DJ of finding the best and brilliant most brilliant tunes that no one else had so from our, from our point of view it's about creating something which is original it might be the same tune that everyone else plays but it might have some weird wacky video that goes with it or we'll completely re-edit the tune as, as well and put things into it to work with the video but it brings back the originality of playing stuff that no one else had and, and that's really what the whole thing is, is, is great because it makes you stand out then and if you stand out then you get more work it's yeah that, that that that's really what i think video adds to standard djing and as you primarily work with video what is the challenges that you guys face as video djs and how do you overcome those sort of challenges one of the biggest challenges is of being a video dj is is the screens and making sure they're in the right positioning when we put them in ourselves it can be quite good because we make sure that they're either behind the dj or next to the dj just flanking either side of the dj 
sometimes I've turned up to places and the, the screens are on the other side of the room or they're, they're just disconnected from everything you're doing. Is if, if they're not near the DJ, then it doesn't really work, mainly because if you cut the music in a club, everyone turns around to look at the DJ. So when you cut the music to do a video set, they all turn around and look around and go, oh, right, it's a video thing, yeah. But if the video screen is not anywhere near the DJ, you cut the music and they're just looking around looking confused. So positioning of the screens is paramount importance when you're playing a video set it's got to be either right behind or, or just either side of the dj and then it's making sure that people understand it's a video set so making sure that the intro kind of covers that so there the idea is that they do at least look up at the screen every now and again in terms of where to get my music videos or where to get music videos and video content uh, where do you recommend we do this in terms of getting videos from sources there's various sites that are available but we only really recommend promo only uk because they're, they're fully licensed the stuff they do is released on a daily basis so they release at least five tracks a day for download most of the dance tracks are what we call intro edits which is means that they're dj friendly Mu music videos aren't made for djs they're made for playing on mtv so they don't have an intro they don't have an outro sometimes they stop and have a chat halfway through and probably only removes all those and, and, and make sure that they're actually playable in a club in terms of making them unique get yourself uh, a good software learn how to use the editing software and then just open up your mind to uh, your imagination and see what comes with it you might see a bit of film, you might have some imagery which goes with a big bass line or something like that, and you just kind of put that to the music and, and see where it goes. It's, it's kind of unleashes your imagination, basically. Now, as I said at the start of the show, you guys have worked with some big names such as Dizzy Rascal, Tiny Temper, Danny Minogue. Are there any favourites out of the people you've worked with, or do you have any particular highlight that stands out to you guys? Yeah, we have worked with quite a few people. Um, Dizzy Rascal, Tiny Temper, Calvin Harris, Florence and the Machine. Um, just trying to think now. I mean, other DJs as well. DJ EZ, we've done dumb gigs with. It's don't really have a favourite. I, I, I've got to admit, I don't particularly take much notice of them. Sometimes I've just done a thing with um, all the 80s, 90s and, and noughties stars, S Club and Wigfield and Sonia and Baby D, Fats and Small. Um, they're, they're, they're quite good. They're all, they're all down to earth. I mean, they're, they're all do our separate things and, and what have you. But Florence the Machine, she was she was playing football on, on, on the stage with the crowd with a big beach ball. That was quite fun. Um, quite quirky. But yeah, don't really have a, 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 a highlight, really. So, Cole, before we let you go, have you got any bits of advice or tips for guys wanting to get started with video and start out doing what you guys are doing? Yeah, I mean, get your, get your music videos from a, a, a solid licensed source. The stuff that you want to do yourself, that, that's, that's whatever you want to do with it, really. Um, as long as you're not selling it yourself. But it's getting the, the you, you good stock of music videos from a good reputable source. And so we recommend Promo Only UK, really. Learn how to v edit video. If you're going to do your own video, learn how to edit. I mean, I put myself on a course with Final Cut Studio when I first got it. I got a loan out, got the DVJ-1000s, got the mixer, got the, the video switching system. I bought myself the software. And then at the time, you could buy yourself personal training sessions with Final Cut Studio in the Apple Store. And I had about 12 weeks of training on that to bring me up to speed. I've also done the proper Apple certification with it as well. So I'm actually 
you know, officially, um, Gaspar's one of those Apple genius people with Final Cut, which is which is quite handy because there are things you need to know about when you when you're editing video. So, yeah, l learning how to edit video is probably a good thing, and learning your software, learning Serato, learning when something goes wrong, you know how to fix it and fix it quickly if you're in front of a crowd as well. Sound and video checks are much easier if you know exactly what you're talking about in terms of frame rates and interlaced, deinterlaced and, 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 and all sorts of things like that. Cal, thanks for coming on. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, I look forward to seeing your show at BPM this year. Hopefully you're there. And um, yeah, all the best. So Kel's definitely given me more of an excuse to be able to sit at home and binge watch Netflix and TV shows all day and do wacky things like that. But on the other side, I've definitely learned a lot of useful advice personally from Kel there. And it was really interesting to find out that he studied things like the Apple video editing courses and troubleshooting, all sorts of things like that. So if you want to find out more about the Video Geeks, you can head over to their website, video-geeks.com. Or you can follow them on Twitter and stuff to keep up with their upcoming shows and performances at Video Geeks on Twitter. And if you want to follow what we do on Twitter at Online DJ HQ, you can follow us or discuss anything about the show today. Or you can like us on Facebook, Online DJ. Or you can head over to our website, OnlineDJ.co. Other than that, I'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye.